We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Ryan, let's talk about Tennessee State. This is going to be year three for their head football coach, Eddie George. Uh, first coaching job ever, I believe. I, he might have done some maybe some volunteer work, but he was never a football coach before he got this job. And year one, he inherited a team where they had won five games the two previous years, and I think nine in the three previous years combined. So he didn't walk into a great situation. Went five and six in their first season and went four and seven last year. Uh, as I mentioned, had a couple competitive losses, but also some, you know, they, they went on the road, played Wash, Eastern Washington, who won a national championship what, three, four. It's actually been longer than that now. It's been, it's been about five, six years. It feels, doesn't, doesn't feel that long, right? Yeah. Uh, won a national championship within the last 10 years, and they battled them, right? I mean, it was a competitive game. Eastern Washington jumped on them early and, uh, or jumped them on in the second quarter. Tennessee State battled back, and it was a competitive game. It was tied in the fourth quarter with less than three minutes left. And so, you know, that was a competitive football game. They lost to Jackson State by 13 in a low-scoring game, 16-13. to 13. Only lost to Lane College by a point. Uh, lost to Murray State 16-3. to three. Is Murray State, they're not, any, they're not as good as they used to be, correct? I don't no, think they're that good. No. You know, no. lost to UT Martin 20-3. to three. So, you know, they, they had some bad losses in there as well, but they were at least somewhat competitive on that level, but that they didn't play very. I mean, they're, they're not playing like, um, you know, the, there's some conferences where you'd be like, hey, if you're a seven and four team in that conference, you're pretty good. Right. They're, they're, the, they're, the, Ohio, they're the Ohio Valley Conference. They're not playing against the Missouri Valley or the right. or CAA Conference. Right. Like they're not playing those schools. Right. Like the right. Missouri Valley on a week-to-week basis. You're go, like we mentioned South Dakota, North Dakota State, but like South Dakota is usually a good team. North Dakota, North Dakota is usually a good team. Northern Iowa, Southern Illinois. Like you're playing some good football teams on a week-to-week basis. Uh, the OVC, like you're not playing a lot of great teams typically. When I was coming up, Ryan, actually, yeah. it was actually North Dakota – that was better than North Dakota State. Like when I was in college and when I first got into coaching, it was North Dakota that was playing for championships, not yeah. North Dakota State. So to your point, that that league is very good. Very good. Very good. Yep. So, uh, you know, again, not, not a great team, four and seven. They've got a decent amount of skill talent coming back on offense. They lost a lot of guys from their defense, but the guys that come back are 
were mo- for the most part some of their better players, and we'll dive into yeah. that a little bit. So uh, tough task for Eddie George, Ryan. Very tough task for Eddie George. They have a, they've got a lot of transfers the last couple of years. That's just kind of the nature of that. But they also have had some guys transfer out as well. We were kind of joking uh, when we were going over it, like Kevon Pope. Remember the kid from Ohio State that just like walked off the field in the middle of the game? He yes. started a linebacker for him last year. He's not there anymore. But uh, the, you know they they were an interesting team last year, Ryan. I'd say big picture, they were actually a pretty scrappy defense, which we'll dive into. Their offense is a, has been a problem, and, and that's the side of the ball that we'll start on and spend a little bit of time on. They have uh, their their actually most of their starting skill returns from last season, Ryan. Their starting quarterback comes back, Draylen Ellis. He's back. Uh, last year, their uh, leading rusher was Jalen Rouse. He's back. I know that you said they had a really talented running back last year that was really banged up that has since transferred out. Yeah, Yeah, but he he is out. He was banged up a lot last year. Uh, You look at their receiver situation, Avery Williams, uh, Karate Brenson, and Deshaun Davis are are back. They have a a tight end in Trenton Trenton Gillison who played it, started at Michigan State, started his career at Michigan State. Their offensive line is decent sized at spots. They have three 300-pounders. Uh, coming back from last year, 275-pound left tackle, 293-pound center. That's the thing, Ryan. I actually think they have okay skill talent. Like, it's solid skill talent for that level. Their quarterback, you had said, has had some – I mean, he's a kid that impressed. Uh, he was at Austin P before he came right. to Tennessee State and was pretty pretty productive player, not as productive last year. And I think it really starts, Ryan, when I look at this football team and I break down the film, it's a pretty vanilla team on both sides yeah. of the ball. And I think that especially is problematic on offense. You know, the, the the thing that I said to you before the show is like this, this Tennessee state team from a coaching standpoint reminds me a lot of the Ty Willingham teams. And here's what I mean by that. I'm not comparing Eddie George to Ty Willingham. That would be an insult. What I'm saying is one of the things that I liked about the Notre Dame staff back then is that they were good teaching technique. They were good at teaching the fundamentals of football. And that's partly why Charlie Weiss was able to have success because they had already been taught how to line up, how to block, how to tackle, how to run routes, how to do all those type of things. And then Charlie came in with the, the innovative schemes. And and so when I look at this team, I, I say, you know, they're actually relatively well coached. I mean, they they're they know how to line up. They play with sound fundamentals. I don't find a lot of like, wow, this team is just so undisciplined and so poorly coached. I don't see that. What yeah. I see, however, is a team that just has no creativity whatsoever. I mean, it's just like they're running some really basic stuff. I would call them a traditional spread offense. They do a lot of 11 personnel. Their traditional, you know, spread offense run game. They'll run some G wrap. They'll run inside zone. They'll run read zone, power read. It's really basic stuff. Their pass concepts are, you know, solid. There's there's just nothing exotic about them from what we've seen. Now, I would expect them to try to dial some stuff up against Notre Dame because they know they have to steal some yards. Sure. But it's a it's an unimpressive group or a system schematically. But I do think they have decent athletes on the perimeter and a running back and a quarterback. There's some decent talent there. The big yeah. problem for them is up front. They were a really bad offensive line last season. Finished near the bottom of the nation in sacks allowed. I actually put a breakdown up on it today. When Because if you it, what's interesting, Ryan, is if you look at Tennessee State's um, numbers last year defensively. You look at the national rankings on defense, and and they're 39th in scoring. They're 
29th in tackles for loss, 19th in fewest passing yards allowed, 7th in fewest passing yards allowed per completion, 23rd in third down defense, 2nd in red zone defense. And then we get to the offense. 104th in scoring, averaged 18.3 points per game last year. 98th in in yards per game, 106th in yards per play, 78th in rushing yards, 95th in yards per rush. But here's the key. They rushed, they were 121st in tackles for loss allowed. They played 11 games last year. They gave up 96 tackles for loss. Now, if you look at their running back production, for example, Jalen Rouse averaged 4.8 yards per carry last year. He had 613 yards on 129 carries. When you consider how many negative yards he had, it's a pretty, when he actually could get room to go, he was pretty good. But just the negative numbers they had last year, Ryan, they were 90th in passing yards, 91st in yards per attempt, 117th in sacks allowed, 99th in third down offense, and 110th in red zone offense. I mean, this is, this is not a very good group. It's really not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Well, and, and I had a little bit of an intel piece that I put up yesterday on Monday that I, I have a source, you know, that kind of knows a lot about the Tennessee State program. And that kind of, I mean, I'm not surprised by those numbers, Brian, because that kind of echoed a lot of the things I had heard, right? Like he kind of talked a little bit about how the offensive line is just not a great group and especially pass blocking, he said, especially. He's like just not a very good pass blocking group. But there is some talent offensively from the skill positions, to your point. Like Karate Brenson was a guy that he said that they expect to be their dude potentially this year, a wide receiver, to be a guy that can create some plays. They had two good running backs last year, although the running back yards per carry numbers would not necessarily back that up that like they were great. And then also Draylon Ellis is a guy that I've been told by that source is like, that kid is a headache as far as like extending plays and, and creating extra yardage and like doing that type of stuff. But again, look at his numbers it's not going to be very impressive but you have to understand that a offense no matter what scheme you run you're still usually built from the inside out right and a good offensive line is what makes an offense go typically no matter what skill talent you have and unfortunately 
this is a team that just does not have much of it. You know, like Tennessee State just does not have a great offensive line up front. A couple get kids with size, to your point, but it really limits guys like Jalen Jalen Ellis and uh, Draylen Ellis, excuse me, Rouse at running back, Karate Brenson. Like there is some pretty good talent at wide receiver and running back and quarterback. The issue there is is that their growth and their production is stunted because they're not very good up front. So like. Talk about keys to victory. I know we're not doing keys to victory today, but like Notre Dame has to dominate that offensive line, right? right? Like you have to dominate it because it's not a good unit and you need to win the battles that you should win on a baseline. And the baseline is offensive line is not very good. And it shouldn't take like you don't have to have a good eye to break down film to watch that offense and be like, Yeah, they're not very good offensive yeah. line wise. Like, yeah, they're not. And there's nothing to hide from that. They're not a no. good group. Right. So you got to do like to your point, you got to do what you're supposed to do against that type of unit. We talked about this Navy wasn't very good on defense from a pass game standpoint. They were pretty good at stopping the run. So your job was to go out there and say, hey, look, you're bigger than they are. You're more talented than they are. You should lean on them. You should be better than them. And Notre Dame did. And you get credit for that. And so this is an opportunity for the defensive line to say, hey, look, in some ways, Ryan, it, it really is kind of a in some ways, it's a good opponent for Notre Dame to have in week two. And in other ways, it's like, mm, you know, maybe not. The The good way is, is because you are nobody is making a bigger technical change from week one, game one to game two than the defensive line. Sure. How you I mean, nobody the, the the linebackers have differences, but it's not it's more eye discipline. You know, they're different calls. The defensive line attacks the game completely differently when you're playing an option team than when you're playing a team like this. And and so this is a great time to kind of get that back, get that get back to playing with a more sound fundamentals. But the other part is if you dominate, you're kind of beating up on an inferior opponent. So you're not being challenged as a from a man stand man to man standpoint as players. And that's the the negative, the drawback to it. Because as you said, sure. now the skill players to a degree will face a good test. That They're going to play – honestly, some of these receivers are better than the kids Navy had last week at receiver, to be honest with you. And the quarterback can obviously throw better than what they had at Navy last week. So that part yes. should be a decent test. But can they protect the quarterback? That's what we're going to That's what we're gonna find out. And, and this should be a game where the defensive line eats, Ryan. It's just as simple as that. It, it, yep. it really should. And that's something I'm curious about. I'm not. I'm not sure where you come down on this. I'm very curious to see if Al Golden's going to really light Tennessee up, or does he let his defensive line kind of see what they can do a little bit? I'm very curious to see how what we're going to see from because they can heat Tennessee State up early and just completely dominate them. I know. I, I want to see them just be super aggressive with their defensive line and be like, "Hey, Riley, like shoot that gap and right. go make a play, sir. Like right. you know what you could do. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I don't want any. Like this isn't a game. It's funny because I want to. I still want to see creativity with offense because sure. I think that that needs to translate week to week. But I don't want to see defense be that creative this week. I want to see guys just go, man, like just go and make plays and, and be yourself. Because I just don't think, I don't think defensively you have to be creative to shut down this offense. I really don't. I want to see guys be guys because I still want to know exactly what Riley Mills is for this team. I still want to mm-hmm. know if I can trust Maris Loyfell on a week-to-week basis to make plays, to be in the right spots. I want to know if any of these safeties can be the guys that Notre Dame is going to need them to be long-term. Like, let Xavier Watts loose and see if he can make some plays this week. Like, I want to see if these guys just let loose 
can go make plays. Like if they have to scheme stuff up for like second level pressures against Tennessee State, then you're probably in a little bit of trouble there, right? Your defensive line is probably not getting home. Your defensive line should be able to get home against a team like this. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page then, Ryan. You and I are certainly on the same page when it comes to what we want to see from the offense. Now let's talk a little bit about their defense, Ryan, because this is the side of the ball that you and I are more impressed with. And I know you spent a lot of time breaking their defense down. You also, if you're not a member of the board, Ryan had a great intel piece. So he has some connections to the Tennessee State program. So he was able to get a lot of intel about the Tennessee State program, what's good, what's not good. I know that you were super high on Clark Phillips when he was at Utah. His younger brother plays at Tennessee State. Good player. They have some talent, Ryan. So uh, just number one, just kind of share a little bit about what you've seen from Tennessee State defensively. I know you've said they're a a pretty vanilla 4-2-5 team, but they were still pretty good last year. With, with that, you know, that vanilla four two five rank, because I think you nailed it as far as what they are. But again, 39th in the country in scoring. Part of that was on their offense because their offense was so bad. Sure. You know, they ranked 39th in the nation in yards allowed per rush. They ranked uh, 29th nation, nationally last year in tackles for loss. That's an impressive yep. number for a team that doesn't trigger a lot. And a lot right. of that was their defensive linemen making plays, to be honest yes. with you. Uh, the kid that they have coming back, Terrell Allen, he was a he was a double digit tackle for loss guy last year. Really disruptive player. I love the comment you said to me before the show, Ryan. You said he's their Howard Cross. Yes, and I think you completely is. nailed that. That was yeah. a, a perfect pass game wise. They were 19th in passing yards allowed, 18th in yards per per attempt allowed, seventh in yards com, uh, per completion allowed, 35th in sacks, 23rd in red and third down defense, and second in red zone defense. And, and uh, you know, so, again, defensively, when you consider how bad their offense was, those are actually really good numbers yeah. for a team that was that bad on offense. And so I know you really like the personnel, Ryan, so why don't you just kind of share with people what you've kind of seen on film and then also a little bit about what you've heard about the team uh, from, yeah. from some of your sources. Yeah, I mean, like you said, four two five base, so they're playing something very similar to what you're going to see from Notre Dame on a week-to-week basis. It's very, very vanilla in the sense that they are not scheming up a ton of pressures from the front, from the second level. They are just kind of letting their guys be guys. And I'll talk about one up front that especially is their dude coming back, a guy that can create a little bit of havoc in the backfield. But defensively from the front seven perspective, like they are just doing their job, right? Like fine ball, get to ball. Like it's just very basic stuff. It's nothing – like I, I – I mean, there was one game in particular I watched. I believe it was the last game of the year against Texas Commerce. Like, they just were just saying, guys, just go to flow to the ball. Like, they uh, there was barely any second-level pressure at all. So, like, they're not a heavy blitz team. Secondary-wise, I think they're very confident what they have in the secondary, which I'll get into. So, they don't do a ton in the secondary either. I and mean, they're either going to line up with a single high or two high look at the safety position. They run a whole lot of cover one because they have a lot of confidence in their corners. They'll also run some two man, so two two safeties high, but still man across the board underneath. And then they'll also run some quarters coverage at times too. So they're running cover four across the board, four deep. That's really all they do. And I think that the reason that they do this and they keep it pretty vanilla is because I think they like a lot of their personnel, especially mm-hmm. in the secondary. Like they allow guys to flow up front because they have trust in their secondary. They do. Bryce Phillips, who is the younger brother of Clark Phillips, to your point, 6'1", 195-pound corner, where's number zero. He, I believe, is their most talented player on defense. He was a kid that guess you came in the 2020 year when Juco first 
he was a kid that was his production or his opportunities were killed coming out as a 2021 kid because he's a California kid and his season was completely killed because of, of, of COVID his senior season. So he didn't have a senior year. So he had to go Juco ends up at Tennessee state. He led the team in pass breakups last year. He had 10, 10 passes defense playing defensive uh, playing corner. And I really think that he is, he is a very interesting and talented corner. He's long, he's springy. He's a good corner. Now Notre Dame is going to have to account for that young man. Like this isn't this kid could play corner at a much higher level than Tennessee. No. State, in my opinion, I wouldn't be shocked if after the season he transfers up to a Tennessee, for instance. Like I wouldn't no. be shocked at, that at all. Like this is a good football player. But then they also have, I think, is their most consistent player on defense is Josh Green, who's no. their safety. He's number six. He's a good player. I mean, I was told by my source dependable like six different times with Josh Green like he's just a guy that you know is going to be in the right spot and he's going to make plays like he's just Mr. Dependable on their defense but I mean in the front seven Brian like to your point like Terrell Allen you already named before he is this team's version of Howard Cross he's six foot 275 pounds listed which means he's probably 5'11 270 pounds if we're being completely honest with ourselves but he had 12 tackles for loss last year four and a half sacks He's a disruptive kid. Like they're just trying to, they're just trying to one gap him, telling him to attack the football, working gaps. Like that's just really what he is. He's not going to be a two gap style player. He is a gap shooter, create havoc in the backfield. And then they also have a linebacker that I was told isn't going to be on anybody's stat sheet for Tennessee State last year. But Monroe Beard the third, who apparently was at, he was at one of the other HBCUs. I think he was at Arkansas Pine Bluff. He was at Arkansas Pine Bluff originally. Yep. And I'm told that that kid is another spark plug. 5'11", 220 listed, probably a little bit smaller. But that's their guy that's trying to create chaos on the second level. He's everywhere from what I heard from my source. So secondary, I think it's a good secondary. Notre Dame is going to have to play good football at wide receiver to beat a couple of these guys. I think that they're good football players. And up front, they're undersized, undermanned, but they're athletic and they're very aggressive football players. Like Monroe Beard is going to go and try to make some tackles for loss in this game. Terrell Allen is going to be a guy they're going to move over the line of scrimmage a ton and try to make some plays. But I really think it all starts in their secondary, which they have some, I think it's a couple of legitimate FBS football players that could play higher level on the secondary. And they build everything off of that. They are comfortable with their coverage shells. They're comfortable in coverage in general. And they like guys like Terrell Allen and newcomer Monroe Beard create some havoc in the front sevens. But basic stuff, man. Four, two, five coverages, cover one, two man, cover four. Not nothing exotic on this defense. They just have a couple good football players that Notre Dame is going to have to account for. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I like both of their edge players, Ryan. I do. I think the Chris Walker kid, he was young last year. He had a pretty, pretty good season as part of their front rotation. If you look at the returning stats last year, Ryan, he had five tackles for loss. He had uh, two sacks as a, as a part of their rotation. Pretty good athlete, long kid, skinny, but long, you know, pretty quality athletic kid. Uh, you're, you're, I'm not saying they're going to give Notre Dame a test, but what I'm what I'm saying is, is like those two guys are going to be a key. If Tennessee State's going to get turned around, those two guys are going to be a key. Because here's my thing: if they can, if they can figure out a way this season, and I'm not talking again, not talking about Notre Dame. I'm talking about going looking beyond for them, Notre Dame. If Allen and Walker can be as disruptive as Allen was last year, and then what I think Walker can now do now that he goes into you know from sophomore to junior. That allows their secondary really to to be even more productive than it was a year ago. You, you know they got Darius Harper at the other cornerback position. He's he's a pretty good player too. He had a pick six. You talk about the Commerce game. He had a pick six in that game. To start Number things 30. off. Thirty. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the first play of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a good football player. And, and to your point, they do like to be somewhat aggressive with their corners and coverage. They let them come up and play tight. It reminds me, honestly, it reminds me a lot of Marshall last year. Where you looked at it and you're like, you know, in the trenches, Notre Dame should dominate this game. But you know, I'll tell you what, they got some pretty good corners. Yeah. Younger brother of a guy that was more well known. You know, kind of a similar thing. Josh Green is a really good football player. He's their leading returning tackler from last year at 56 tackles, three picks, three breakups. And and they've got some some good production in the backup. They've had a lot of guys that have played it's in the secondary, not even just the starters. You know, the other corner, the backup corner to Darius Harper, that's a kid's huge. Deshaun Watkins, he's 5'6", or 6'4", 5'6", 6'4", 215 pounds. He transferred from Memphis. Yeah. You know, and and so he's he's not even a starter for them. So another kid that they had, Fondren uh, Hollis, who's the backup to Clark Phillips last year, he had six pass breakups last season. So they have a very experienced secondary. They can match up with teams that go 11 personnel and put some athletes on the field. So I, I like what I saw from their secondary, Ryan. And if their edge guys can get any kind of consistent pressure, I think they've got a chance to be a very disruptive defense this season and force a lot of turnovers. And honestly, if they're going to win games, they're going to need it. They're going to need short fields. They're going to need to be able to do those things because they're just – unless we just see a big jump from their offense, Ryan, they have a long way to go from yep. where they were last year to being a competent offense that can help them win seven, eight, nine games. I mean, that's just going to be a lot, a lot of turnover on that team to your point yeah. over the last couple of years. I mean, there's a, a basically every star, not every starter. That's a little hyperbolic, but like a lot of their starters are transfer players that have transferred yeah. from either junior college or from another school. Like a lot of them. I mean, I mean, well, I even mentioned Bryce Phillips, like Bryce Phillips was a junior college kid originally before he came to Tennessee state. Like there's a, the linebacker that I think the Monroe kid who's going to be probably their best player he was a transfer from, from from Arkansas Pine Bluff. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of transfers on this team, a lot of them. I actually like how Tennessee State did their too deep. They actually show where kids, like, are from and then yeah. where they previously were, Yeah, which I, I like. Their offense has six transfers in their starting lineup on offense. Yeah. And their defense has, let's see, three, four, five, six as well and they're starting defensive side outside the ball and then there's some backups they have a backup nose tackle from mcnee state they have a backup d tackle from butte college they have a backup d uh, tackle from uh mem or corner from memphis they have a backup safety from missouri 
So, I mean, they, they've got several guys who are, you know, they're starting kickers from Northern Illinois. They're starting punters from Western Michigan, right? They're holders from Western Michigan because it's their punter. Like to your, to your point, Ryan, they have a lot of transfers. Yep. Uh, but there's also a lot of those guys that are back for year two. And I'm curious to see how that's going to, if that at all has an impact now that they get some of these guys together for a second year. It, it's so tough on the FCS level too, Brian, because like if you find a stud, because usually from the high school recruiting side, you're taking a gamble on a guy with traits and you're trying to build them up, right? So mm-hmm. like trade lances of the world, right? Where you're like, oh, that kid's not great right now, but like he can be if we're if we get him to be that type of player or develop him properly. But then the problem with the transfer portal era is that an FCS team is going to build up a football player and then a bigger school is going to come in and be like, hey, come on down. Right. Like I, I, I right. told you about the, the South Dakota State tight end last year that was drafted in the third round in this past draft, Tucker Kraft, who Alabama was tampering with to try to get him to transfer from South Dakota right. State. Like if these schools create these players and, and find a stud and a guy yep. who's diamond and rough – we're going to get pillaged for for their talented players. Like it's just going yeah. to happen, unfortunately, with the transfer portal era. Well, the transfer portal and the NIL—they can just pay kids to come. Exactly. I mean, and that's why I love the kid from South Dakota State. Stayed. He said yes. no. He stayed. Yeah, he right? got offered six figures, and he's yeah. like, "You guys didn't give me the time of the day when I was coming to right. high school. So why am I giving you the time of the day now?" Right. I'm like, "That's awesome, man. Good for you." The, <laughs> the sad thing is, though, he's he's rare. Yeah, like, he, he he's yeah. rare. Most kids aren't going to do that. And and I understand yep. it. It's just the world we live in. So that's Tennessee State. You know, we're not going to spend a ton of time. I'm, I'm very curious to see what this football team is going to be able to do this season, Ryan. Just forget the whole the Notre Dame aspect of it. This is not going to be a competitive game. I, I am. I would like to see Coach Eddie George do well. I I'm a I'm a believer like just because you're a good player doesn't mean you're a good coach. No. And that's just the reality of it. Yep. But when a player that I liked becomes a coach, I want to see him do well. And and I and I think this could be an opportunity for Eddie George to obviously grow as a coach. And we'll see what they do. They have Arkansas Pine Bluff the week after the Notre Dame game. Then they play at, uh, they play Gardner Webb. Then they are uh, they play UT Martin. They play Kennesaw State at Kennesaw yep. State. They play Norfolk State. They play Lincoln. They play Lindenwood. They play at Charleston Southern, at Eastern Illinois, and then home against Tennessee Tech. So it's actually a somewhat manageable schedule for them if they can sure. be better than yeah. they were last season. Notre Dame's a good warm-up for Arkansas Pine Bluff, man. It'll get the uh, juices yeah. flowing a little bit. More. Yeah, <laughs> Arkansas Pine Bluff's kids are going to look super small and slow <laughs> <laughs> next week yeah. after starting up against Notre Dame. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, you know, so Ryan, obviously – we, we wrap up the Tennessee kind of overview, Tennessee state overview with just look, it's, this is more about Notre Dame than it is the opponent. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot more about Notre Dame's leadership and focus and drive this weekend than any, and, and it has nothing to do with Tennessee state. It has nothing to do with the score. Again, they could win 63 to seven, Ryan. And we're just like, eh, you know, they just kind of went through the motions. Really good. They could win fifty six to three, and and you're like, wow, this team showed me something. You know, I mean, that yeah. same score that we, you know, you could use the same same score could tell us, you know, two different stories because it's just there's just a huge talent talent difference I, in this game. I think it's usually about like what translates to like the bigger games, yeah. right? Like all due respect, but 
I'm trying to, I'm trying to be nice here. I don't, I don't want to put, throw some shade, but like what, one of the corners, right? Like not Bryce Phillips. Cause I think he's really talented, but like maybe a backup corner, right? If you're going against Tobias Merriweather and it's just like a vertical ball where Tobias doesn't stack him, for instance, and he just is able to go up and moss the kid and win above the rim. Like, is that incredibly translatable to beating Clemson, right? Yeah. Like, is that translatable? Probably not. But if he's still able to show his technique to stack the guy properly right. and find a blind spot and to, you know, late hands to the catch yeah. point and like that type of stuff, just staying true to the technique to understand what's translatable yeah. against NC State the week after and not just a guy being better than a guy, if that makes sense. What is interesting about offense, though, Ryan, is I do think this can be a confidence-building game for some guys that are either learning new positions or are younger. You know, like, obviously, Jaden Greathouse got his confidence built last week. What about Tobias? What about Rico Flores? What about Holden yeah. Stace? Yeah, of course, you expect them to dominate the guys they're going against, but it doesn't mean that there isn't some some positive vibes that they can get by building – against these kind of teams, especially on the skill positions, because as you mentioned, this is a pretty quality secondary. For Tennessee State, if you're Eddie George, what are you looking for? This is what you're looking for. I want you guys to compete your butts off for 60 minutes. I don't care what the score says. I don't care how many times they've scored or how many times we haven't scored. I'm going to learn a lot about you guys by how you compete for 60 minutes. That's what I'm going to learn about, because no matter what the outcome of this game if you guys give me everything you have, if you battle your tails off for 60 minutes, if you have the right attitude, if you play as a team, then no win, lose, or draw against Notre Dame, we're going to be better for it. That's the message. And so uh, I do think that we're going to see Tennessee State battle, can play hard against Notre Dame. I would hope that's what we see, and, and that'll tell us if they're going to be a team that can go out there and maybe get something rolling a little bit moving forward. The other thing, too, is that because there are a lot of transfers, I mean, there's a lot of kids. This is a this is the game you want to be able to send. If you are someone who's looking to transfer, you're going to want to be able to send this game to people. Hey, look what I did against Notre Dame, right? Sure. I mean, so let's be honest. There's some kids that are going to have that mindset, Ryan, and uh, they're going to go out there and, and, uh, and, and try to try to do something. It happened last year for Austin P. There was a wide receiver who had like seven catches for a hundred yards against Alabama. And now he's a Texas tech, right? Like that happens every single year. So it's a resume game. The two it's kids a, from uh, yeah. uh, Kent state against Washington. Was it last yeah. year? Yep. Right. Went out both had really good games and now all of a sudden some Walker. Yeah. Yep. What uh, one's at what Penn state, right. In and, North Carolina. Yep. Right. There you go. So there's going to be those opportunities for for these guys, obviously, this year. So that's going to kind of do it for this part of, part of the breakdown. We're going to have a mailbag next, but we did want to dive a little bit into Tennessee State. Hit that like button, everybody. Hit that subscribe button. Share this podcast. We would love it if you would give us a five-star review if you're listening via podcast platform. Sign up for the message boards at boards.rushbreakdown.com. We had a had a lot of signups this past week. We also, Ryan, some, some exciting news about the podcast platform. We have set a new record for the month of August, actually for the forever, but the month of August, we set a record. Our previous high was about 466 downloads in a month. We are already over half a million for the month, and there's still two more whole days left, including part of today. So uh, thank you all very, very much for, for the growth that we've had. It's very, very much appreciated, and we have... Uh, we got a lot more planned and we have a lot more planned, no doubt about that. But uh, we definitely wanted to thank you all for for your support of our breakdown, not just this month, but just over the last uh, few years. Just looking at the the growth we've had, we had more we had more downloads last week for Navy than we had our first month 
when we started the podcast in 2021. So certainly, certainly excited about that. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.